listening to The Chronic Sisters. This is episode 11 and you are joined by your co-host Jess and Sean. Woohoo! Welcome back everyone to the Mental Health Mini-Series. This is our third and final part of this little mini-series um, and today we will be talking to you about the five stages of grief and self-love, self-love. and love languages. Um, but before we get into that, of course, it is time for the Fun Back Follow-Up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You went full Pepsi ad on the end there. Like, <laughs> it came from like deep within deep. me. Deep. That was a gremlin deep. <laughs> um, Sean, fun fact follow-ups. Do you have any? Well, one that I can remember. Um, I'm sure there's more. So if we have missed any, please let us know. Because Call her out. I couldn't be bothered listening to it again. But I was like, babe, you never do just one. You clearly, you fucked up a few times here. <laughs> I couldn't remember and I've listened to it once and I couldn't be bothered to listen to it again. So I listened to it twice, actually. That's a lie. Um, so the fun fact follow up that I can remember that I was supposed to follow up on was the ice therapy that athletes use. Um, and it is called chirotherapy. Cry- no, cryotherapy. Cryo, babe. Not Cairo. That's a, that's a place. He is, he's, yeah. I've got a great Cairo. No, not a <laughs> Damn it. It's spelt C-R-Y-O-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y. Cryotherapy, like a spelling bee. So basically that's the machine that they step into and it's like sub-zero temperatures and athletes use it, brings down your blood pressure, helps with inflammation, etc. etc. Oh, you can I'm just looking over at Sean Shoulder. You can book in sessions. Yeah. Groupon and scoop on. I'm gonna buy you some. Please don't. Nah, that's fucked. I would never do that. Look, it's down to negative 120 degrees, it says. Surely you just die at that point. You just freeze. Far out. I wonder how long you stay in there for. I don't know. Anyway, that's Sean's fun fact follow-up. And mine this week, guys, it wasn't very... um, I don't think I was clear very clear very well clear enough i, don't I remember speak what very the other well. one was oh what was it it was the muhammad brings to the mountain oh, yeah it's not if that. you can't bring muhammad to the mountain bring the mountain to muhammad because i said it wrong is do you actually bring the mountain you can't bring a mountain it's a it's a saying but it's i said the saying, saying wrong. it doesn't make a lot of sense i think that's still wrong i think you're no, saying it's not. still wrong if you can't bring muhammad to the mountain bring the mountain to muhammad well if you can't, oh, okay, whatever, sure. Um, anyway, my fun fact, I wasn't very clear last week when I was talking about my little herbal essential oil vape that Sean bought me um, and a few people have slid into the DMs asking what exactly it is called and it is cloudy, not iCloud like I originally thought mm. and Sean corrected me. Um, so it is cloudy. Cloudy. Cloudy.com. Um, so that's that. And I know this week that we all did – slightly promise you Zach Mm. um but we have decided to save Zach Mm. for another episode we think season two we might talk about families and people who live and support someone with a chronic illness and we think Zach would be better used there used in that session rather than today and also he ain't feeling his best self today so he's saving his spoons he's not very well bless him um so yes anyway how was your week Sean tell me about your week oh look sister it was a week for the memory box I think no it wasn't that bad I had crazy migraines throughout the week again so trying to work through it was pretty wild she was using the ice pack that she bought me for my foot she was then putting it on her head yeah I was on my eyes just resting on my desk in between meetings just trying to bring some pain level down um it was a very stressful week at work and I couldn't go home because there was too much work to do. So I had to soldier on and I couldn't take my meds because it was too late. The headache had been and come and set up shop. So it was there for three days. I'm just on the aftermath of it today, feeling a bit foggy. But other than that, we're A-OK. But um, what about you, sister? You've had Oh, it's the same, really. It's just been a bit shit. And like, you know, we are getting later and later with the delivery of the pod and Mm. we are recording it just a few moments before it hits your ears. Yep. Um, Sunday lunchtime for you. Sunday lunch. But yeah, look, my week, 
uh, I worked a night shift, a night shift. I finished the night shift. Then I worked a day shift and a day shift. So I don't know who I am or what time during the day it is currently. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, not great. My foot that I keep whinging to all about, it's a real thing. There, it, there's a big old benign tumour of tangled nerves in between me toes. Yeah. Um, so it's not looking good, she told me, post-night shift. So I clearly cried hysterically during mm. it. When she told, like, look at this on the scales. I don't want to look at that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't want to see. So anyway, I'm back to the doctor on Tuesday and we will be planning for hopefully a lot of cortisone injections to buy me a few more months before I strap in for another surgery. But hey, we may schedule it so that we're both off our feet at the same time. Yeah. When be she's like, had a hip, I might just sit there. We'll both be non-weight bearing and yeah, just useless together. Really taking the chronic sisters to a whole new yeah. level. Sean was like, you fucking need to stop building content. Like, yeah. stop it. You're taking it too seriously. I know, I know. And then Sean had her own theory that she's now backed up with oh, some yeah. references about yep. my my cortisol levels. And I was like, well, I'll just fucking put heaps of cortisone in my foot then. It's like yeah. the same thing, but yeah. So I'm pretty sure my theory that I'm running with, so if anyone has any backing up to for me, this would be great. So my theory is uh, um, when you're in a fight or flight, response you release stress hormones which is cortisol um and a increase of that in your system when you have autoimmune disorders or conditions which jessica does quite a few of them plenty um they don't like high levels of cortisol in your bloodstream and uh they react and they flare and so when you're stressed jess does your symptoms get worse Maybe. Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> so I'm running with that theory. And I've also run that theory past your mother because she too is high stressed because you're high stressed and she too has autoimmune reactions. <laughs> doesn't she? Maybe. She doesn't she? <laughs> Shingles and all that. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah, baby. Yes. Yeah. So I'm running with that theory. I think it's a solid theory. And so I think we just need to reduce your stress levels. How's this so? I'm just literally like thinking about that. I'm like, I've got two days off, so I'm not working Monday, Tuesday. This is my Monday, Tuesday. I've got clinical Pilates. Then I'm getting my eyes tested at new glasses. Then I'm going to a psoriasis specialist for my autoimmune shitty skin that's taken off. Then I'm going back to the podiatrist to plan my foot mapping of my steroid injections. Then I'm going to the pelvic physio to be abused and violated internally. So, I mean, it looks like a really good two days off. I was just like, yeah, fucking sick. Anyway, just smash it all in one day. Love it's that. fine. And it will cost me another 300 bucks. Sick one. So I, much money. I love that. So much money. Anyway, so, oh shit, sorry. I just talked over, <laughs> over the whole Just <laughs> trashing the studio here, friends. Sorry, That's okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So look, we're coming to you a little bit delirious. It's been a wild week and we know that a few of our community members have also had a wild week. Yes, so very much so. We just want to send some love out there to all of you that are listening that have had a rough week too, sending you some virtual spoons so that you can store them and just know we're thinking of you and we read all of your messages and we're here for you. Absolutely. And I said to Sean when, I don't know, when I got my bad news about my foot and I was crying hysterically, it was so nice, our little community. Like there was people sending love from Texas mm. and Germany and like all around the world. It was so yeah. cool. So grateful for you all. We appreciate you. Yes, appreciate absolutely. You. But yeah, so we'll roll on to the episode. That's why you're all here, not to listen to us. Thank you and blow your egos up a little bit more. So first convo is about the five stages of grief. So the reason that we thought we'd bring this to you was because obviously... Jess has had a pretty rough week and it has triggered some emotional responses in you, hasn't it? Absolutely. And so we just thought, how do you process bad news when you're living with a chronic illness and you're constantly being blindsided by your body? And to be honest, Lauren Sham was like, we just, just think about the five stages of grief. And I was like, that's not fucking applicable to me and this. Because I've never thought, stopped to think that the five stages of grief would affect me every day living with a chronic illness. I mm. use the five stages of grief when doing bereavement with families who have lost a child. That's that's the only type of five stage of grief that I know about yeah. and know how to work through and mm. know how to support people to work through that. Yeah. I don't know 
anything about I was like five stage degree for me what finding out I need foot surgery she was like yes I was like okay fine yes. so we're going to talk about it together so you can all hear it and learn it too yeah so you can process sister yeah so it's basically grief doesn't have to be something major and something you know catastrophic as someone passing away or losing a loved one it doesn't have to be that it can be the loss of something that you assumed you would have or something that you did have which for Jess her loss or um her grief is around the changes in your plan for your chronic illness right Mm. you didn't plan on having your foot needing surgery like that's shitty yeah and like finding out it was all because I've been weight bearing wrong because I had so much left-sided pelvic pain and Mm. I was self-protecting it without even knowing I was subconsciously and the weight's been going through my right side and now I've got the shorter leg and so then I had all of this like no no this can't be happening no I'm gonna have a scan and it will just say it's a little bit of plantar fasciitis like it was two years ago I went to the same people who scanned it because I was like nah they're just gonna compare scans and go they're exactly the same you'll be fine yeah and so I was like nah 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 and then Sean was like that, that's denial that's a hundred percent denial so the first stage of grief is denial or isolation and so with a chronic illness you basically, it's a very no, well-known stage of grief. So you just ignore the fact that it's happening. And so you just deny your pain. You deny your experience. So you're basically invalidating your experience. And so it's very um, easy to use denial as a protective mechanism. So if you don't admit to something happening to you, you don't have to deal with it. And so it's your own psyche's way of trying to protect you in, in part of this process and in your in your realization of change. Yeah, and I said to Sean, I was like, I don't have the physical or mental strength at the moment to, to go there, mm. to think about another operation, to think about more intervention, to think about increased pain levels. Like I went to the shop to buy new shoes for my dicky feet and cried because I couldn't even walk to the shop. My feet were in so much pain. Like, mm. I don't know, it's it's so hard and you do think like this can't be happening, this surely can't be happening to me. Like I said to you guys before, my motto said, oh, sure, for this year was surely things can't get worse. And then I was like, you're kidding? My foot is somehow fucking now involved yeah. in an endometrius endo op? Like, are you kidding me? How? Like, so I was in a lot of denial. And I think the important thing is when we talk about these stages, we also need to talk about ways in which we can get through the phase of denial. Yeah. So it's really important that, you do learn about your disease and that you do seek support from people who can offer advice and the right advice. So I started Googling Morton's neuroma and options and, you know, you go down the rabbit hole and we always tell families, don't Google, don't Google. Don't Google. But anyway, I did. And then my anxiety shot through the roof Mm. and, you know, I had to stop and go like, I can't keep doing this till I have the scan results and I have a plan, but I kind of, I was in denial and then I was looking at how bad it potentially could be when the right people I should be speaking to were right in front of me. Both my mum and auntie have had this operation, Mm. which makes me think fucking like, is there something congenital in this? We all have shitty feet, but. um, Because you're all dancers. Yes, correct. (laughs) That's (laughs) why. Dancers. Dancers. Dancers, Dancing nurses. Yeah, great. Good, 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 good. Always Um, on your feet is the the similarity. Yeah, my auntie's had multiple ops and mum had her foot up last year. But watching mum go through that, fuck, she was so miserable. It was horrible. She couldn't do anything. But they were the right people to talk to. And, you know, even talking to mum now, her quality of life has significantly improved since Mm. getting it. And again, it's all like looking through for the light at the end of the tunnel. But at Mm. the moment, it's hard to see. So when you are in that denial stage, just don't overwhelm yourself with um, too much information or not the correct information. That's what I can recommend. The rationale behind it. Yes. yes. So yeah, so it can be quite confronting and you do your best to protect yourself. Um, So with the denial, you can reject your pain, ignore your symptoms, looking at you, Jessica, hide symptoms from loved ones, looking at you, Jessica, pushing through the health issues as though everything is okay, looking at you, Jessica. Crying on my 12-hour night shift coordinating, yeah. Doubting yourself and the validity of your concerns. So, you know, it's a pretty rough stage. We're not the nicest to ourselves in that stage. No. And it is all about, like Jess said, finding the right information, the right sources so that you can actually validate your concerns and your feelings and give it the time that it needs. And remember guys, when we're talking about this, it's not just like for me, a new diagnosis or a new physical problem. 
These five stages can be applied to anything. So for someone like who's just had a baby and mm. they're, they're, you might be grieving the loss of the life you had before you were completely look responsible for another human. Or we had a few people write in because, you know, people with um, endo or PCOS, especially those kind of that cohort, you put on hormones and your body shape changes and your weight changes. And like I've spoken about this before, but mm. a lot of people wrote in and said, girls, can you touch on almost grieving the loss of the body you once had yeah. or what you were like before a flare? So when we talk about this, think about it, whatever it is for you that you're going through yeah, and it, how you're working through these stages. Yeah, it's so applicable to any situation, whether small or large. And yeah, it is very much... It's a loss of something that you had. It doesn't have to be, like I said, as catastrophic as losing someone. It's as equally as catastrophic for a small change if that's not what you are expecting or not what you're anticipating. And also it can be really daunting, the idea of, oh my goodness, I've now got to look into this next thing. How do I deal with that? And you almost, your anxiety takes you 10 steps forward when you need to just pace yourself and take your steps small yeah to process it and bite size it my mum definitely said that that that's what she does yeah she'll overthink and then look into it too much and then yeah yeah so once you've kind of processed the denial stage and you've accepted that okay this is a thing that I've got to deal with now stage two is anger and I'm talking internalized anger Anger at the world, anger at your body, anger at your doctor. Anger at other people, anger at my job. I got so angry at my job. Like, of course, I work fucking 12 hours on my feet. Mm -hmm. Like, I got angry at that. I got angry at other people because they've got no problem and they can wear cute little Connies and vans to work and not have the pain that I have. And I've done all the right things for my feet and I Mm -hmm. wear all the other things I've done. And this has still happened to me. And I was like really angry about it yeah and you can be angry at like uh, the people that are trying to help you in like you can be angry at the doctor that didn't listen to you soon enough or when you first complained about a pain and now it's this huge thing or the receptionist that wouldn't listen to you saying that you've worked a full 12 hour that day and you don't want your appointment at 8 a.m the next day and angry at the situation that you have to fit your life around this condition or these appointments and these specialists when all you want is something to go easy. Yeah, and that angry that the pain is getting worse despite doing all of the right things, going to all of the appointments, trying shock therapy, laser therapy, dry needling, doing all the things people recommend and then people are being really kind and recommending mm. things. But I'm like, I fucking, I've done all of this, you know? Yeah. Like it's, you get really frustrated and then angry at yourself and then you get angry for being angry at other people. Yes. Like, and I mean, I, if we're taking out, to take away the foot, take away the chronic illness just for a second. And if I think about me and being around my friends who have children at the moment who are my age, I, my brain races through the five stages of grief Mm. all the time. Like I'm in denial. How am I still single? I'm now angry because I don't know if I can have kids and they never had a problem falling pregnant or, you know, just really. And then I get angry. I'm like, how dare you say that, Jess? Like you care about these people so much. And Mm. then, then you find yourself trying to like ration and bargain with yourself. Like I'll do this for myself and I'll just wait a year and then I'll do, put my eggs on ice and I'll do this. And then you feel flat and then you're like, no, just accept it. Like you love your friend, Mm. you love their baby, but you just constantly cycle through those five stages all the time. Yeah. Being self-aware and (laughs) being chronically ill is exhausting because you go through all of these emotional tracks and these emotional cycles And then because you're self-aware, you know that you're doing it, but you can't stop. And then you get annoyed and angry at yourself because you know that you should feel something else. But it's just a natural response and it's just how your body processes stuff. Yeah. And I think, again, with anger, like we said with the first one, just some helpful tips to get you through that. Um, When we did a lot of research, it said to help with the anger stage of grief, it was best to try and find a creative outlet. So whether that's writing or for me, dancing like a hobby or painting, Mm. something like that. And that's, that's not to just, you know, make it sound all fluffy. I think when you are 
if you tell someone to be mindful and self-aware, that's a harder practice to do. But I think if you are journaling or painting or writing Mm. or reading, you probably, without knowing it, let yourself be a bit more mindful. Mm. You allow yourself to think about your feelings and emotions Mm. while you're doing something quite cathartic or relaxing. So that is how we recommend. Yeah. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, uh, theories around art therapy for anger so um art therapy can help you manage anger and process it in a different format and you can channel it into something creative like jess said so there's lots of ways um and obviously you can seek professional help as well um but yeah the, if you're at home and you're feeling like you want to rage and you're a very well put together person but you feel like you can't rage you can put it into something creative and uh i don't know make a voodoo doll you do you. Or the life-size cutouts of faces and burn them in the dad's <laughs> fire pit. I mean, we've been there. We we've been there. That. We've all been we've all been there. So the next stage in the five stages of grief is depression. And we've spoken about depression in this mini-series. We've spoken about depression in our podcast in general. And we all know that chronic illness goes hand in hand with depression. Um and it can be a really heavy stage and it can be this weight that you drag around and you just feel like the Eeyore of your group. Yeah. It's lonely. It's isolating. It's, it's really, really hard. And it's really, really hard to get yourself out of this phase. Mm, mm-hmm. it, once you're in it, you just feel like you're a burden to yourself, to others. It's really, really shit. It's a rough ride. And do you know, it's also really hard for in the chronic community There's a lot of us that have been told over the years that we are attention seekers because of our symptoms or um, because of our illness. And that is a really hard pill to swallow. And we shouldn't have to swallow it for one, because your experiences, your feelings, your emotions, your symptoms are valid. And if someone cannot comprehend that, their ignorance is not your burden to carry. And we are not attention seeking. I don't know what kind of attention it is that we're seeking because the attention that we get is none because it's an invisible illness or um, just completely invalidated. So I don't understand where that that thought process comes from, from the abled body community. But uh, this is this is a bit like left to feel. But last night I had dinner with my friend Liv and a bit about the whole attention seeking thing. But she's like Sean. So she's had her first hip done and needs to have her second hip. And she was saying she's got this anxiety and depression around the fact that she's bed bound. She can't do anything. She can't toilet herself. She can't move. She can't do anything for these four weeks. And she said she remembers last time she had friends come over to check on her and say, oh, God, I wish I didn't have to work. I wish I could lay in bed all day and watch Netflix. And she said she's so anxious about going through that and having to process that again because she's like, I would kill to work mm. with the pain that without the pain that I have. Mm. And I would love to be able to go to the shops and buy myself some lunch or stand in the kitchen and make myself lunch. Like being in bed is all I can do and it's not a positive thing. So people's perspective and the way in which people process things, it's really, really hard. Yeah. Like, you know, you got to – when you enter someone's space and they are in the depressed, flat part of their grief mm. – you need to be careful with things that you say because coming in Honestly. to be like, oh, fuck, I wish I could do that. I will punch you like, in the throat. Like, even when if I was off, like, oh, God, I wish I could have three weeks off. I was like, I'm fucking Shut in up. hospital. Like, are you, are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. People say to me, so with Marfan syndrome, part of the um, symptoms is uh, skinny, you're thin, you can't put on weight, and um, you're long and lanky. And I wish I had a dollar for every time someone said to me, oh, I wish I had a condition that made me skinny. I wish I had legs like yours. Do you know what, yeah. love? You Do you want the heart condition that comes with it? Do you, do you want the hypermobility that comes with it? Do you want the migraines that come with it? Do you want the spinal fusion that comes with it? Do you want the flat feet that come with it? Like, do not come at me with that shit that you want to be skinny and you wish you had my condition. I will fight you. (laughs) I will fight you with my flimsy long arms. And your big floppy feet. I will kick roundhouse kick you with my flat floppy feet that are size 11. I don't want to hear it. Sean's feet are twice the size of mine. (laughs) 
It's very funny. I'm a five oh. and a tall gal and she's got big flippers. We are both so significantly out of proportion oh, before we tried to take a selfie. She was like, fuck, I look tiny. And I was so like, short. oh, God, I look huge. It's so bad. Anyway, a bit off topic there. But Sorry. Depression. Wild. So, again, going to give you some helpful tips. Oh, oh yeah, depression. Depression, yeah. depression, stage three. Um, so... Well, this is something that, again, research suggests when you're depressed, you often isolate yourself a lot. You spend a lot of time alone. I know that after my news this week, I cancelled all my plans this weekend because I emotionally couldn't let myself let my hair down kind of thing. Mm. And physically, I couldn't stand at a pub because my feet were so sore. I couldn't sit in a chair because my coccyx was so bad. I was going to be uncomfortable and I would just, I, it was too much. So when you're in that phase, depression often make, makes you quite isolated. So the way in which we want you guys to help yourselves through this phase is to make an effort to, for want of a better word, entertain yourself when you're alone. So just not sit in a dark room and be alone with your thoughts. 24 7 mm. whether it's watching a movie or a little diy project around the house or facetiming a friend or journaling paint, or drawing paint or by crafting. numbers yeah just something so that you feel somewhat productive in your sh- shitty feelings which yeah. you're so allowed to have but totally. it might just help you keep your head above the water for a little bit yeah watch a mo- watch a fun cartoon movie uh, Hey, Jess? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone the other day was like, who, who was over the other day? And was like, I just need to go home and watch this big, oh, Poppy. Poppy was having a bad day. And after dancing, she was crying. Then she's like, I just need to go home and watch Despicable Me. I was like, oh my God, you sound like Sean. I can't have these friends in my life. And I was like, I'm not coming with you. We can go get a McFlurry instead. And so you can that's go home. what we did. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I like to watch like Megamind when I'm sad. What's like, oh, no. What's that? Oh, it's the cartoon movie. I'm not even going to try and explain it to you. Okay. (laughs) So the next stage is bargaining or negotiating. So this is the what if stage. Like what if the doctor's wrong? What if I had done something differently? What if I'd exercised more? What if I had the right medicine? What if I'd done the right surgery? Et cetera, et cetera. And it can be quite an obsessive um, stage that you're constantly thinking about these things of the what ifs um, or you know if I do that if I here we go if I do cortisone for <laughs> x amount of weeks it, w- it won't be as bad if I buy new shoes it won't be as bad right maybe yeah maybe <laughs> this episode is for you sister i hope you listen to it on repeat I, it feels a bit targeted it's very targeted vulnerable. I've done this on purpose asshole (laughs) i'm helping you through it sister Mm -hmm. um so even though you can't change the past or predict the future um negotiating with your health can be a way to process the new reality so you know it's it's a recommended stage you have to go through these stages to process it and it's just a part of the package it's a little free toy that you get with the happy meal so it's not a good toy. It's though. not a good it's toy. It's one you want to swap. When are they ever good toys? Do you yeah. know when when we were younger, Happy Meal toys used to be iconic, and now, honestly, they're fucked. Yeah, that they're and shit. Kinder eggs, Kinder Surprise. Yeah, yeah. The the toys now are shit. I used to love a Kinder egg, and the toys were wicked. And I used to build them, and it used yeah, to be the fun. Building, yeah. And now they're just what it's are like, they? Here's a paper puzzle with nine pieces oh, of paper. God. Honest, yeah. Kinder, sort your shit out. <laughs> right. They're totally listening. Yeah, definitely. I love a Kinder egg though. That chocolate, and then when you like snap it in half, oh, it's so satisfying. Oh my god! I you know when go you get it, you right now. You know, you know, do you know? You can hear like everyone who's listening who knows what a Kinder egg is when you snap it open. That like the chocolate or the Kinder surprise bit. The chocolate oh. when you like. How do you eat it? Um, so I was never allowed them as a child. Uh, what? I sometimes got them every now and then with my nana, but it wasn't really a big thing for me. Um, so I don't really know. I don't have a specific way of eating it. Okay. Sorry. Uh, that's a very sad story that you just told everybody. Sorry. <laughs> we should get some. Oh, get some. But the way I eat it is you crack it. You push the sides a little bit. So it like warps the because it's glued together in half, right? And then you squeeze the sides and it like pops 
and then you pull them apart so then you've got two half eggs and then you, and then you can see the color combo yeah. yeah and then you take the egg thing out of the toy and yeet that in the bin and then you like just like bite into the slice and in half so then you just eat like that monsters are the people that eat like the whole egg from including the, top. the toy then oh. spit the toy yeah <laughs> no that is wrong Far wrong out. okay back to stage four sorry bargaining distractions again so you're gonna have all of these questions the what if questions the if i questions and it, again it becomes you have a toxic relationship with yourself and you begin to spiral so recommendations are we want you to make an effort to filter out the internal negativity in your life so be kind remember the things you say to yourself would you say them to a friend would you say them to a loved one probably not then reframe what you were telling yourself also continuously surround yourself with positive people like me Oh, God. (laughs) Episode three, we talk about that and how to do that and why it's important to do that. So filter out the negative people, bring in the positive and filter out the negative self-talk. That is what we recommend for And maybe just pat a dog. Many dogs. (laughs) All of the dogs. All of the doggers. So the last stage is the stage that we all want to get to is acceptance, where you just go, okay. Roger that. Crack on. Literally. This year can get worse. It continues to get worse. Righto. Let's fucking throw it at me. Let's go. (laughs) Lock it in, Eddie. Let's go. Sick. This is the acceptance part. And it can feel like a weight is lifted. And it can feel like you can push through. And that it's not as big and as daunting as you first thought. Um, And so... It can actually, it's been proven through some of the research that by accepting your pain level or your chronic pain or your um, condition, it can actually reduce the feelings of pain within your body because you've emotionally accepted it and you're not in that fight or flight, like tense scenario that your body actually relaxes into it and kind of it washes over your body a bit easier. So it does, the research just does suggest that by accepting your condition and your physical state as it is now, it can make your condition a little bit better. Yes. And recommendations. You guys need to remember that when you hit this phase, you need to remember that you're not alone, that you and the closest people around you are in this together. Mm-hmm. You do have support, whether that's out through our little community, whether it's family, friends, there are people around you who really care and want to see you get better. Mm. So lean on those people and remember that it is shit and you're allowed to feel shit and you will go through all these phases and it will still be shit just because you get to accept this doesn't mean this is no longer shit anymore like it still sucks but you have a little bit of the energy needed to just kind of power through the next little phases and it's really hard mental health is so hard and it is mental health weeks week three um and that's what we've been talking about but like i'm going to share with you my current thought process of my week so i went from getting really shit news about my feet to needing another surgery to then it's got nothing to do with my feet. But you know, when you get in that cycle of depression and anger, I spiraled. I'm going to tell you, Mm. I completely spiraled to right. I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life because I am so physically broken that no one is ever going to want me and no one is ever going to want to have to take on all of this shit. And I tried to fix all of this shit so that I am my best self and no one would have to know that I've been through all of this, but the shit just keeps coming. So for that, I will never find someone. I'll always be alone and I'm now going to die alone. And now I'm going to downsize my family home because it's just going to be me and my dog forever. So I'm going to sell my house so I can afford appointments. And so I don't need a big house to remind me that I bought it as a family home, but then that never happened for me because my ex was an asshole. So now I'm going to sell my house and go get it evaluated. This is literally me this whole week. Got my house evaluated. Oh, cool. Yeah, I can buy something smaller because it's just going to be me alone with my pain forever. So, I mean, that's where I went this week, team. Sorry. But it happens and you're all going to listen and go, fuck, I've gone there. 
But that that's me. So now my issue, I can't walk and walking hurts a lot. But now the bigger part of the thing is I'm alone forever and I'm downsizing my home. So yeah. look, it's good. It's a quick jump from one to ten. And we've all been there. We've all been in that scenario. And I have literally felt everything that you just said to my core um, before I met Zach. And I honestly have felt so worthless um, that I I thought that I too would be alone forever. And it's not until you allow yourself a break, like you give yourself a break. But you can't, the thing is, it's so hard to get a break. You I have know. A break and then something else happens. I know. Like, no, it's just not meant to be for me. And it can constantly feel like you are fighting to just keep your head above water and that you are honestly like, cannot get worse like how have I survived this long and yet I'm still getting punched down like what the fuck is happening and it is relentless and that lifestyle of constantly being on guard waiting for the next thing to go wrong is goes hand in hand with chronic illness like Mm -hmm. Because you think that you're fine and you think that you're okay and you're literally like, this feels great. Something is going to go wrong because you are constantly taught by your body and your experience to not trust it and to constantly be waiting for the next thing to fuck up and to go wrong. And that lifestyle is exhausting. And you just like, I don't want to fight anymore. Like, I don't want to. When when I was in your mindset right now, Jess, like. People would say to me like, oh my God, you're so brave. You're so strong. What a fighter. And I'd just be like, I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to fight. I'm so done with fighting to just exist. Like I'm fucking over it. And it can be consuming, all consuming. And it honestly feels like there is no end to this tunnel that you've entered. You don't know why you're in it. You don't know who the fuck put you there. I, but you know thing. that you can't like, get out. What have I done in a past life? Have I been a really bad person? Like literally I try to think of anything. I'm like, what have I done? Who have I pissed off? It's so bad. It's so bad. And it's out of our control. Yeah. And the moment that you allow yourself to fully relinquish all of that anxiety and stress and anger to yourself, because you have done nothing wrong, you have done everything that you possibly can to maintain your body and your existence. It's a shit luck and you are going to get through it and you're just going to have to fight that little bit longer. But the good stuff is coming. Like it's horrendous that we have to go through this day in, day out. And it's the small things from our friends who understand and our community and our specialists who we've connected with that are going to be our army and our support in that moment and in those lifestyle moments. And um, we get it. And I hurt for you and I hurt for anyone else in our community because I've been through it. And it's a rough ride. It is. It's shit. It really is. But but you know, it it comes in threes is what I'm telling myself. 2019, 2020 and 2021. You can all go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, but 2022, I'm really holding out for positive hope. And what we've said around putting your passion and your focus into something creative we have done this little that project. is why we're bringing this to you and it has been super rewarding and I said to Sean that is it does make doing this even though we are both overtired and overworked and stressed and sore it does make bringing this to you so worthwhile because we know that someone on the other end of this is listening and feeling validated for the first time or feeling like they can connect with someone and that for us is freaking awesome it so. is and I think on that note we're now going to talk about self-love and being kind to ourselves 
and we thought it was very interesting. So people often talk about love languages and I know like you do do your love language test and when Mm. you date, it's kind of like a cute thing that you can do. Well, Zach Um, and I did it in couples therapy. Yeah. 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 Like it's a thing and you're meant to do it. So you know how to best show your partner love and Mm. vice versa. So when I did the love language test, um, mine was quality time was my number one. That's the same as Zach. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And two are very similar. Um, my last one was gifts and gifts receiving. Yes. And then there was like, I think next was words of affirmation and then acts of service and then whatever the other one was. Anyway. Physical touch. Physical touch. Yeah, I'm not. I think that was like third or something. Yeah, fuck that one off. Yeah, I'm like, don't touch my <laughs> vagina, please. Um, I do love a massage though. Mm. Uh, so that... I kind of thought, oh, well, so your self-love languages will be exactly the same. Mm. Wrong. <clears throat> so I, we did the self-love love language quiz this morning. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. And we will put the link up for you guys to do it all. But believe it or not, I couldn't believe it until I read the description. I was like, mm. okay, I believe it. Um, self, My self-love love language is receiving gifts. And I was like, holy shit, I'm a selfish bitch. Like, this is not me at all. But like, as soon as she said it, said it to it me, to I was like, that is 100%, 100% you. So the receiving gifts in self-love is spending money on your hobbies, dancing, dancing. Oh, I'll start Pilates. Oh, more dancing, Pilates. Okay. Two, shopping for things that you love. Kmart. Yeah. Every episode you've literally talked about Kmart. Oh, should I renovate another room in my house? Yeah, go on. That's me. Yep. Going on a trip or a holiday? Oh, take me away. (laughs) Absolutely. All the time. Going to eat healthy food out or buying like a nourishing green smoothie? Oh, my favorite things in the world ever. Disgusting chai that she made me that time. Investing in knowledge and education. How many postgrads is yeah. enough? She's a knowledge whore. Using arts and crafts to make yourself something. I am the DIY queen. She talked about and, a splashback. Oh, yeah. And um, buying yourself little gifts. And that in brackets it said comfy clothes, candles, etc. They are all my favourite things to do and favorite. instantly make me feel better. I hobbled on one foot yesterday because I felt so flat that I cleaned my whole house, burnt essential oils, so candles, angry. bought new towels, linen sheets. I fucking went all out. But fuck, it made me feel better mentally. So that's me. I'm a receiving gifts hoe. But it's actually not hoey. It's exactly what I am. Yeah. Um, it's exactly what you need. It's exactly what I need. And it's so weird that I subconsciously know what I need to make me feel better. Yeah. Weird. Okay, Sean, what was yours? Well, I did the quiz. And again, I thought it would be very similar to how I receive um, love from a partner. Um, so that is um, acts of service. So I'm, if you make me a tea, I'm yours forever. Um, so I thought it was going to be very similar to that. In fact, my um, self-love love language is quality time. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I don't really like my own company that much. I tend to like to be around people. But then when Jess read out the... Uh, the key points I was like yeah no that's kind of me it's kind of you but it's 50 50 not you because we all know how much if you listen to episode 10 how much Sean hates meditation or transformational breathing that was number one so we'll take that one away yep engaging in a creative passion she is a technological hoe of the pod she does do that taking yourself on a date reading a book or watching a movie Love a movie. You, you all know she's a movie oh. kind of gal. Enjoying a warm beverageino and a blanket. That shan to a tea, but yep. in an udi. Yes. Um, spending time in nature, which she loves a little camp oh. with the old paparino. Love. And rest, recovery, and sleep. Love a nap. That is, that's shan. Love that's a nap. Shan. So, Not that I get it often, but love a nap. Yeah, oh. you do. You do. And spending time alone doing things that you love whether that is relaxing or mm. doing something creative. so Diamond painting. Oh, Yeah, there you go. Stop it. Hours have gone by with oh, me diamond man. painting. My eczema under my armpit is stinging. Itchy. I just thought, I'd just, sorry, I have to share that. Share oh. that? Scratchy. Ow. But yeah, so it was wild. Um, but really appreciated that little reflection on how I deal with um, my self-love. Yeah. Love that. And so the other ones, if you're interested, so we've touched on quality time and receiving gifts, but words of affirmation, I do quite like that in a partner. <laughs> I like that. But I don't really do it for myself, but some people might. And I know affirmations do help a lot of people. Mm. So for people whose words of affirmation are their self-love, love language, 
This is things like making a list of your strengths and your successes, speaking actively quite kindly to yourself, journaling, writing down mantras, speaking your ideal future, manifesting, which a lot of my friends are really into. Love to manifest. Um, and little pep talks to yourself. And so that is for words of affirmation. I would be a sassy self like pep talk gal. Do you reckon? Oh, yeah. But you've got say? this bitch. Oh, okay. Get it. Get it. Yeah. Queen. I don't know. Yes, clean. I'm not very good at it, clearly. Clearly, it's not your love language. Stopped. Um, then physical touch, which Jess seemed to have forgotten about in the partner one. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so that is honouring your body and doing things that make you feel good. My and body is a temple. I think that's probably my second one. So it's things like yoga, exercise, dancing, things like that. Massages or day spas. Sign oh, me the fuck up for all of massage. that. Epsom salt baths or a hot shower. That's your gal. Mm. Skincare and grooming. She has a skincare routine now, guys. Uh, and pampering sessions where it's a face mask or a hair mask or a tan, which Sean also knows I do all of the above <laughs> if I'm feeling shit. I this literally. <laughs> she comes, she comes down and then she gets to my house and she was like, you look really good. You look like Instagrammable. And I was like, oh, I'm just wearing tracky shorts at a job party. She's like, you're brown though. I was like, have you tanned? She's I was like, like oh, oh yeah, you're sad. You're you feeling sad. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. And the last one is acts of service, which again, I think I do this too. So I think my two top love languages for a partner were actually the two bottom because acts of service in a partner Mm. was really mediocre for me. Mm. But this includes cleaning your home, oops, making your bed, oops, taking out the trash, preparing healthy meals, cooking a lot. Oops, oops, oops. <laughs> Scheduling, planning, organizing, delegating, attending therapy or appointments and living purposefully. Yeah, that's you as well. I was mean that. Yeah. Wow. You're a little bit of a combo, aren't you? Yeah. I'm definitely not words of affirmation or quality time. Yeah, no. I'm quality time for sure. Give me a movie. Do oh. not give me one. D- look. I want gonna... Harry Potter 2, everyone. I watched Harry Potter 1 because so I told you. So did Bundy. All. Yeah, Bundy loved Harry Potter 2. He was obsessed with Dobby. He just kept watching the telly. <laughs> and every time he came off, he'd cry and we'd have to put Dobby back on. Oh. So, yeah. He's going to be really sad when Dobby dies. Does Dobby die? <laughs> for fuck's sake, Sean. If my ex wasn't so sorry, I'd punch you. Oh, no. You're an asshole. Sorry. Oh, my. <laughs> Fucking hell. Spoiler alert. <laughs> That's your own fault for not watching it sooner. I'm not taking any sadness from that. It's your own fault. <laughs> Come at me. Okay. All right. Fine. Anyway. 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 That is your self-love love languages. And we recommend that you do that little test because it is a great way to know if you are refueling and refilling your cup and if not, how you can best do it. Um, and especially doing those things will help you through the five stages of grief for whatever it is that you may be processing at the moment. Yeah. And so also if you wanted, um, I touched on the, well, literally just little tapped it um about couples therapy uh, about love languages but a resource that i found really helpful um for zach and i um was the gottman's institute and so they are um two psychologists that have created these resources for couples so i will also put their website in our description um and they have some really good resources um for couples and couple therapy and stuff like that so would definitely recommend the gottman's institute they also have a little like 15 minute podcast thing that you can listen to in the car or together um would definitely recommend that also lovely i love a little end of the week recommendation yeah so it's nice. a really good recommend they're really good really really wonderful good. on that note sister questions and quotes Ooh. do you have any questions 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 question question how are you feeling angry <laughs> angry Ah, uh, I mean, not as angry as I was Wednesday. Still a bit angry. I don't know. I think I'll feel better. Like I said, Max, my, my psoriasis is really killing me too. Once I get on top of those things and then I just ride the wave, mm. make a plan for Tuesday. I've got a good surgeon lined up if that's the way I need to go. I've yeah. done all the things I can actively do. So watch this space. And what could I do to better support you during this time? Nothing. You're the only one that listens to me dribble shit for fun. <laughs> oh, 
What? That was one from ages ago. Drivel is a real oh, thing. Oh, that was from last week. That's it. Oh, that's, that's it. The that's one. one. Fun, fun fact, follow up. Round two. <laughs> so we had a domestic because we thanked you for listening to us dribble shit. Dribble. And I said, Sean, it is dribble. And Sean's like, it's drivel. Anyway, so I went on urbandictionary.com because, you know, hot facts, hot truths from Urban Dictionary. And I said, Australian way to talk about a type of conversation. I was like, see, Sean, it's dribble shit. Dribble. Mm. But then my dad sent me the Oxford Dictionary link to drivel. And it is a phrase for talking about something that is stupid. So we're both right. One's just English and one's Aussie. And that's why you've got the hot combo of the oh. two of us coming in for you and your ears. I cannot believe you remember that. And that is I've the got, one. I've got one more for you as well. Hang on. Oh, hang on. Far out. Sorry. Again, so my dad and Zach, again, touching on the Freudian thing in that you date your dad, um, both my dad and Zach picked up on this one thing that I did in the last episode and it was a grammatical error of mine slash I used the wrong word and I can't remember what the word is so I'm just going to find it in the messages hang on two seconds where are you father there you are um and it okay um so he said sweetie in regular society pants go under trousers jeans and chinos etc so he supports you on that one and then he sent us the link. No, wait, that doesn't support me. I said they're undies. He supports you. You really say pants go under trousers. No, pa- pants go under. Yeah, yeah, so he's supporting you. He's supporting you. I said they're jocks. Oh, yeah, no, he is supporting he's me. Supporting pants you. go under trousers, jeans. Papa Gannon. Papa Gannon's coming in. Um, and then where is it? Hang on. He can confirm that the tribe of junior doctors and medical students, students were at every appointment. But to be fair, they were a teaching hospital. And on the pod, you said exponentially. The actual word is exponentially. But guess it may not get picked up, especially if they call trousers pants. (laughs) (laughs) Sassy, sassy papaganan. Oh, Oh my God. I I would have said exponentially. Exponentially, it's a word. I don't know what I would have said. And then Zach was like, you said exponentially. It's not a word. It's exponentially. And I was like, that's because you do PhD and you're an academic. Fuck. Come on, Knows the words so much better than I do. Look, I talk shit and I talk drivel. Well, and on that answer to your question, no, I don't need you to do anything else because you listen to me drivel or dribble shit all the time. So, illy bitch. Will you just let me know? Okay. Um, I will do. What question do I have for you? Um, are you going to be more active in your self-care love languages this week? And if so, what are you going to do for yourself? Well, I'm glad you asked, Jess. Um, are you? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, what am I going to do for self-love this week? And you better do it because last time you didn't do your homework and I called you out publicly. I know you did. Um, but I do still have that post-it note on my computer. Mm-hmm. Um, what what was my love languages again? Your love language is quality time. Oh, look, I'm definitely going to put on an UDI and watch a movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that for me. Um, what else can I do? I'm going to finish reading the Florence Given book. Oh. Because I haven't finished it yet. And okay. I've restarted reading it and I want to finish it. So yeah. okay. that's, that's my a homework. Challenge. Yeah, and that's week. all of your homework too because it's a bloody great book. It's a fantastic um, book. Quote, sister. My quote is a very short, simple quote. I am more than my scars. Have no idea who said it, but it was a post on the internet. And we are covered in scars, but we are more than them. We are more than them. Um, And mine is, you carry so much love in your heart, give some of it to yourself. That's a beautiful one to end on. It is really nice. So... Be kind to yourselves, be kind to others. And that is it for the week. A that nice, short, sharp episode this week and the end of our first little mini mental health series. So on that note, everyone, have a fabulous week. Take, Take care. care. Bye. Bye.